flashback episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, we're going to be looking back on a previous conversation I had with um, a good friend of mine from the military, uh, Tyler Kerrigan. He and I, we sat down. This episode was originally recorded um, earlier, uh, much earlier in the year. Um, we talked about the January 6th, uh, the, the Capitol insurrection, all that. We talked about the election, which preceded it. And we also ended up spending some time talking about um, the protests and riots in the summer of 2020. So, you know, we covered a, we covered a, a couple different topics here, but, um, you know, it was just, um, like I like to say, conversation, real, open, honest conversation is what this podcast is all about. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I know I said it in the first episode that we recorded, maybe a bit subtly, but uh, I am conservative and, uh, you know, usually lean right, um, right to, to center is somewhere in there. But um, uh, the election was, was, you know, like it was for a lot of people, you get really excited about it. And I know tons of people were really invested this, this year uh, or last year. Um, a lot of people for the first time, especially in my age group, I think, um, you know, the late twenties, early thirties, there's lots of people that are, we didn't grow up like politically active, I guess. And, and as you know, you get older and you start to pay taxes or you really just gain some perspective on the world, right? You usually form some opinions and then hope, hope that politics kind of goes your way, right? That's <laughs> the, the American way. But yeah, I, uh, watched the election and uh, in short, the TLDR, as we like to say in the tech community is that it, did not go the way that I thought it would. And the way that it did go left me wondering a bit. Um, you know, I, I know most people at this point are familiar with the fact that Trump and Trump's campaign lost the election and they lost the election on what they believe was election fraud. This was not proven in a court. So, you know, do with this what you will, right? But it is my opinion that there was enough irregularity there that the entire right for the most part lost faith in the election process and with the way that the evidence you know was was presented to the courts and then almost immediately thrown out every time uh to a lot of people it looks like maybe the cases were never even heard you know and i think everybody knows now that judges and state officials federal officials even uh have agendas and easily swayed, I guess we can say, um, from large corporations or people with vested interests or whatever it is, right? If your pockets are deep enough, you can get your way. I, you know, that's my opinion. Uh, I know that there are probably some of you that disagree with that. There's probably a lot of you that do agree with that. But yeah, I just, you know, as a conservative and I'm not really a, a big Trumper either. And maybe we talked about this in the first episode. I don't remember, but I really am just kind of conservative. Like I, I almost even hesitate to use the word Republican because there's so many of them that I don't like or don't agree with, but right. um, 
yeah, it just, you know, you stay up and you watch the election. Polls are going great and Trump's got a lot of momentum. And the night's looking great. And then around midnight, things really slow down. Uh, and you wait around for another hour and a half to two hours to see if anything changes and then go to bed irritated because, you know, <laughs> everybody wants a, we want a conclusion, but to wake up the next morning to staggering vote counts uh, for the Biden-Harris campaign and uh, almost, you know, it, it looked like you were viewing a statistical anomaly compared to how many you were, or how many um, Trump votes that we were seeing. So I don't know. It was just a, it was a really frustrating ordeal and i feel like you know there there kept being talk about things changing and all that and i i'm not sure that the evidence was even heard and so it just uh i think we we talked about this a little bit off air but anytime that someone has an issue a real issue uh and they they kind of voice that issue and then the offending party just tells them that you know that issue doesn't exist and you're crazy for even thinking about it um that causes division, like serious division, because at that point uh, there's no negotiations. It's just that person is completely discounting, you know, the problem that you're facing, and and so your your issue now is kind of you know, take things into your own hands, which is what I think we saw a lot of people do uh, for the Capitol riots, which was you know unfortunate. And one of the things that irritated me about that situation was the media narrative. Because not not that the you know the capital rights didn't happen right because they they did, but everyone ignored for the better part of 2020 uh, major cities you know parts of it being taken over and people setting houses on fire and uh, it just you know all the other craziness the riots that were going on in Seattle and, and Portland I'm not even talking about Black Lives Matter I'm talking about like these like hardcore Antifa riots that were going on. Even, I mean, hell here in, in Raleigh, we had uh, one major riot and then some smaller ones after that. And and no one said a word about that, right? But the second that a right-wing person steps out of line, everybody wants to start screaming about domestic terrorism. Uh, that was just frustrating to watch, honestly. It's, <laughs> I don't know, uh, that, that's kind of been my election season, so to speak. Uh, what, what, was, yeah, what was your take on it? You definitely covered, you know, a couple of different topics there. Um, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think starting out, as far as what you had mentioned about the judicial system, some of our you know our our judges, uh, you know, certain agendas being had. I, me personally, I, I do agree with that, and I think it's unfortunate. But you know that that um, these agendas they go both ways, not one way. Um, not just one way or the other, but they definitely go uh, both ways. And I think the fact that when someone is appointed a superior court judge or, you know, some high ranking judge, you know, just the fact that you you might, you'll, you'll, you'll even hear on the news that, you know, this judge is conservative or this judge is liberal or something like that. Just the fact that you have to hear something like that when you're talking about someone who who you know basically holds people's futures in their hands, people's lives in their hands, based on their interpretation of the law and their knowledge um, of the law, which is supposed to be superior. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that right there in front of your eyes, you're seeing that person leans one way or another, that's not good. But 
that's that's one part of it. Um, now, as far as as far as the election itself goes, the part about um, Trump being um, Trump being ahead at first, then midnight comes, then the next morning, then the next morning you already start to see all these um, new votes for Biden. You know the the obvious um, the obvious you know argument to that is um, that. Republicans were much, uh, much more likely to to go in person to vote, whereas Democrats, um, people more liberal leaning, were more likely to vote by mail. Now, you know, at the same time, we didn't talk about this. What's that? We didn't talk about this previously, but why do you think that that is? Um, that's such a weird, like, that's an odd thing for people to just act like it's just tribal knowledge now, right? Like. And we do have some data on it, so I do think that it's true. But it, it makes me wonder why. Well, for me, the I, I feel like the reason why is different. Different people, I feel like different people felt differently about um, COVID, about COVID nineteen, and I think people who you know might have been more on the conservative side, on the you know, were probably more likely to see this less as less of a as less of a dangerous issue a dangerous problem than you know people who are more on the liberal side and then on top of that it it may it also had something to do with where you lived you know for instance um you know i've got friends who live down south um, who live in georgia who live in florida when i spoke to them they were pretty much saying, yeah, not too much has really changed down here. Like, you know, you can still go into Walmart or, you know, to this place. And, you know, some people are wearing masks, some people really aren't. And, you know, that that sort of thing. In other, part, in other parts of the country that are classically more known to be more liberal leaning, like, you know, the area that I live um, up here in New England, when I go into supermarket to grab my food, everyone's wearing a mask and looking around to make sure other people are doing the same thing. And, you know, it's a, I think that kind of comes from a bit of a difference of uh, culture and um, that culture, that difference in culture ends up covering, covering more stuff until it, you know, eventually covers person's political leanings. And um, I think that has definitely had something to do with why, you know, conservatives, conservatives are more likely to go in person versus, um, you know, liberals being more likely to uh, just mail in and try and stay away from other people. But I will agree with you about this, about like pretty much everything you've said so far, but this data goes so much further back than COVID. I don't know that COVID can be the whole story here. Hmm. Well, you know what I mean? Like I, traditionally, people would say that Democrats are more likely to vote mail in vice Republicans are more likely to show up in person, not in 2019 or 2020. So it makes me curious as to why that is, because it's got to be something more fundamental than we had, you know, uh, an outbreak this past year. And one news channel was saying, you know, oh, it's not that big a deal. Well, I mean, uh, and then one news channel was like, "Run, run for your lives!" <laughs> like it's it can't be that simple, right? Well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe this outbreak of COVID also showed, kind of brought to life uh, something that was already there. I think with what I was saying about the difference of culture, um, mm-hmm. I think that difference of culture goes, you know, definitely much deeper than COVID, and I, th- I believe that difference of culture was already there. Um, it's obviously, the, the culture is going to be there 
before pandemic or anything like that, you know, anything very recent. I think these differences in culture, it's, um, you know, I think it's a definitely a demographical, more of a demographical sort of issue where, you know, people who are living in certain and in, in different areas, you know, there are certain, there is more of a culture and people are raised um, differently, you know, different, different ideals, different philosophies, different standards. And I think that rubs off into the way people are living their lives. You know, this is one country, but you have 50 different states and each state, each, you know, you have these different states, different cities, different towns. I think based on, you know, the area that you grow up, the people you're growing up around, it, it definitely, you know, goes pretty deep. And based on the, based on these, these and a few other things, I think that has a lot to do with how you, you know, with, with how you're, you're more likely to do one thing versus the other. But anyway, so, you know, the, you know, as far as the events of the Capitol go, you know, we, our initial discussion and our initial discussion that we had last year, we went um, more in depth, more in depth about the protests um, slash riots. And um, if I remember right, you know, you had kind of said, you know, you had mentioned the the difference in media coverage and, you know, some media outlets would, would have you believe that there were almost no protests or riots going on at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some would have you believe that the entire country was burning to the ground. You know, and of course, uh, neither of those was really was actually true. You had two different right. extremes, but you know, at, at the same time, you know, the events that took place at the at the Capitol, to me, that was extremely dangerous. And what I mean by that, you know, obviously, rioting, burning down storefronts and all of that like that's a whole story in and of itself um you know which you know some of which we covered in episode one in the first episode but with what happened there at the at the capitol i think you know you're talking about breaching a federal building and not only any federal building but one of the most important federal buildings in the entire country and not only doing that but doing that while there were important proceedings going on inside of said federal building. And then on top of, um, on top of that, something that is a little scary is, um, you know, I had mentioned this with the protests um, initially that a lot of the people who were there weren't even really, you know, plenty of people who showed up, with, with the protests and kind of helped to start the riots weren't even part of the protests initially in the first place, but yeah, you have the presence of political actors there. Yeah. So, um, but one, but you know, this is something that I don't know if was, if it was really elaborated on so much, but who's to say that you didn't have people embedded in the events that happened at the Capitol because there could have been, you know, if you're so you're talking about an event that was frankly premeditated like you already knew that people were going to show up 
you already knew that they were going to go to the Capitol. Yeah, it was pretty widely shared, you know, around social media. Like, hey, we're going to do this million person exactly. march. Of the, yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. So if, you know, when you have that level of, um, of advertisement for something like that, it makes it very easy for people who are not part of your movement or whatever you're trying to do to embed themselves in it. And yeah, I agree. You have a lot of, of uh, people with ill intentions and, uh, you know, sliding within the crowds there. I, I agree wholeheartedly, not only about the Capitol riots, but I think also that that was one of the things that derailed the Black Lives Matter movement in the mainstream, too. I don't know if that's, you know, something that you agree with or not, but I, I certainly think that a lot of the political violence that we saw over the summer of 2020 uh, came from people not associated with Black Lives Matter. Well, I mean, you know, at, at one point, you know, we had, and we had elaborated on this in episode one, but, you know, at, at one point you had um, so many people before the, before the riots even broke out, you know, you had so many different videos showing up on YouTube, which, you know, kind of mysteriously got taken down shortly after they were showing up of different people randomly doing stuff like smashing out windows um, of restaurants or, you know, an auto zone or a target or whatever weird stuff that just was totally out of place. And, you know, in one video, I see these girls uh, marching and, you know, they're, 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 they're taking video and they and they turn the camera and there's these three three or four people spraying BLM, you know, Black Lives Matter and all this stuff all over this restaurant storefront. And, you know, they get on these these three or four people and there, you know, there were a bunch of girls who definitely weren't really part of the march and um you know the girls are, t- are telling them like hey we're you know why are you stopping us like we're, we're here with you like yeah we're here for you like no you're not like you're literally spraying this stuff like you know that's not what we're trying to do here and they're like well what are you talking about like come on let, let's let's do this and, you know and they're like no get away you know get mm-hmm. get out of here um you know it wasn't necessarily exactly the way they said it but they were a little more they were a little more serious about getting their point across but they got them to leave and unfortunately um that happened but um, <laughs> did you see um did you see the uh, everybody in the country saw the pictures of the bison guy at the capitol riot oh yeah yeah the guy yeah. was dressed up like a buffalo yeah. have you seen the video afterwards of that dude just like walking through the chamber talking to security like hey guys you guys are heroes and all this other stuff <laughs> I have not seen that. No, no, I have to send that to you. So I, it just, it, it's kind of in the same vein, right? Like I, I think you have people that put themselves in specific situations to make things worse. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think that you have to be really careful in today's age about like what you consume as information. Um, and I'm not gonna, you know, point you towards any sources. Right. But I would say that if you're getting your, your information from cable news networks uh, or Facebook article headlines, not that there's not good information in those articles, but you have to read past the headline. You know, you should, you should really consider the source of of your information and kind of what is, what is curating your, your political leanings, right? Because that the stuff that they send you is not, it's not random. All right. 
that is it for this episode. Um, when we had our conversation, Tyler and I, um, there were other stuff that we talked about, but um, I'll save that for another time. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. Again, you know, this is, there's no right or wrong here, really. There, there's two different perspectives from two different people who may not necessarily think the same way and may not necessarily think exactly the same way or not, maybe not even close. But the point is to be open and honest enough with each other that we have these real conversations. Because if we can't do that, and I'm not just talking about he and I, I'm talking about us as a people, as a society. If we can't do that, we are doomed to fail as a, as a society. That's where the failure begins. Communication, honest, open communication is important for any structure to be able to hold itself up. Whether that be friendship, relationship, any connection people have with one another, communication has to, open communication has to be, is paramount. So please, if you get the chance, um, try and have real conversations with people instead of just expressing strong opinions in 140 characters or less. Have a great day, everyone.